Welcome, everyone, to the first ever episode of Talk About Sustainability. I'm Millen. Hey, I'm Jeremy. And uh, we're really excited to start this podcast series with everyone. We're really hoping what people get out of this and what we get out of it is just a better understanding of how each one of us can be more self-sufficient, better at practicing sustainability right at home, which is where everything starts from. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, Melon. You know, I practice a lot of sustainability things in my own home with my family, even while we're in lockdown and quarantine during this time. You know, we compost everything that we can, especially now we're trying to, I think actually we've, we're composting a little bit less because we're being more efficient in what we eat and not wasting yeah. that food. And, you know, little, little things like that can have a big impact if a lot of people do them. And there's so many things that people can do to, you know, reduce their impact. And for me, I have such a, I've always wanted to be a part of something that could have a positive impact on the environment, like doing these types of practices and our business, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But, you know, that goes back to my childhood. You know, I spent every summer in Southwestern Colorado, in Ray, Colorado, where my grandmother lived. And we just spent the summer hiking, biking, being outside, being in nature, being around plant life and animal life was such a great experience for me as a kid. And I have such an appreciation for those types of environments. And I just want to do my part to protect those types of spaces and, and take care of uh, and be good stewards of the planet. And I think for me, too, it's the exact same background that you kind of described. Uh, I haven't had as much you know, uh, involvement with, I don't have those vivid memories that you have, but at least being outdoors with my family is really uh, important for me. And really just being, getting more involved in this type of industry started with uh, my own uh, involvement just in my yard and my garden and trying to understand better why, why things grow as well as they do, or maybe they don't grow as well as they should. And, and I think the one thing that's really interesting, uh, and, and I think we both agree on this. There are actually some really simple things that one can do to just be more sustainable and self-sufficient. And, and it's really quick to do a Google search and, and come up with some really interesting ways of doing it. You mentioned composting and, and we'll get into that in future episodes. But, but I think the takeaway and what we hope to sort of uh, describe for people is that it, it doesn't take a Herculean effort to really become more sustainable and to think about how you can practice this in an everyday uh, part of your life. And so if anything, that's what we hope to, to really, you know, have you, our audience, get out of listening to us and listening to our guests who we're trying to line up people who are experts in, in this particular field and have some really good insights on how we can each practice um, and, and just be better stewards of the environment, like you said. Yeah. Well, let me just dive into it. So Jeremy, you talked a little bit about your growing up, going to your grandmother's house. Um, any other type of memories that are important to you or, or things that come up when you think about being outside? Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, when I was a kid, I was just obsessed with baseball. That's all I really cared about. You know, every aspect of it. Pitching, hitting, running, like that, that was it for me. And uh, I spent a lot of time in our backyard. It was really small, but played a ton of wiffle ball out there, would pitch to my parents, they'd pitch to me so I could hit and I, you know, hit it over the trees and across the road into my neighbor's yard. And I had such fond memories of spending all that time outside with my family. Yeah. 
and my friends in, in the neighborhood. And I always had this appreciation for the for that yard space, that kind of outdoor space right outside your home that you could engage in these types of activities with your neighbors and have that nice kind of safe, really great space, even if it's smaller, like it was in my case, but it was still just a lot of fun and I have a lot of fond memories from that time. Nice. Yeah, I think for, for me, I just, again, uh, one of the earliest memories I have is just kind of being outdoors or, or taking part in uh, outdoor stuff is my dad telling me to go mow the lawn. <laughs> so, so that was, as you know, all of like, I don't know, 10 or something and, and doing that. And, I, you know, we didn't have the greatest lawn growing up, but that was like, it was nice to be outside and it felt, you know, I think this is true for a lot of people who do yard work. They, it's their domain. Like it's, it's, I don't know, grow their house more or make it their own. And, and I think that's something that you don't necessarily get uh, in an urban environment um, where I think maybe the analog to that is a lot of people are growing veggies and herbs and things in indoors in an urban environment. And that has that same sentiment that an outdoor space would. And, and so um, I think one of the things we've learned over the past few months is it's not just outdoor space that's important. It's also how do we cultivate things in, indoors too. And, and that's what um, we'll be talking to our first guest about uh, later uh, in the interview. Um, and we'll talk about gardening in, in general and how one can do that. You know, one of the things that I'm doing in this period of time right now while we're kind of on lockdown is, yeah, starting my own indoor garden or expanding it a little bit. I've ordered some more seeds that I'm excited to, to plant. And I'm doing that with the kids, too, with some flowers and some little pots that they got. And hopefully we'll be setting up an outdoor garden as well. But, you know, it's, it, it's a good feeling to, you know, know that we we can grow our own food or, or we can learn how to do this and, and provide for ourselves right here in our, in our own homes, in our own yards. And I'm just really excited about that. And there, you know, there's a trend of a lot of people kind of engaging these types of activities more and more now. Yeah. And, and we've seen it too, with even corporations starting to pick up the pace and be more involved. Uh, one of the biggest ones as of a couple months ago was Microsoft. They announced themselves that, they were proactively trying to erase their entire carbon footprint that they will they will be making and also that they have made since they were incorporated back in the early 80s. And so I think that's just a testament to the momentum that's grown over the past few years around people wanting to be more sustainable and, and really just more eco-conscious. Um, and I think that's that's great. Uh, it makes a lot of sense and uh, can only benefit us in the future. Yeah. So they're going to pay back even the the electricity, the impact from the electricity when I played my Xbox in college, yeah. all that yeah. Halo that we used yeah. to play. Yeah, which, which was a lot, if I which recall. Which was a lot. That's probably it was a big footprint right there. Yeah. So, so all those Halo tournaments you had, <laughs> uh, what was it? You had the 16-player setup going? Yeah. Yeah, so so all that stuff. Yeah, since since they were founded in 1975, all the carbon that the company has emitted, all the electrical consumption that's been a even a like you said a byproduct of their offerings like Xbox, all that stuff is taken into into account. It's really amazing. It's awesome what they're doing. I love it. Yeah, yeah, and and we you know we've seen some other things too, just from uh, 
like Ag Funder, which is a really well-known uh, collection of articles and, and investment opportunities in the agriculture sector. And just the sheer number of startups and innovators that are out there trying to tackle the world's problems uh, from a conservation standpoint and an eco standpoint, it's, it's awesome. It's really cool to see this, this industry growing as a whole. Couldn't agree more, Millen. Do you have any questions for me? Well, you talk about your childhood and, yeah. and I know you also use a composting service. Are there any, anything else that you're doing in your home or, or changing or, or planning to change that uh, would yeah. impact? Yeah, so one of the things that uh, I've recently learned about uh, is trying to reuse some, some produce scraps. So like cucumber seeds, uh, bell pepper seeds, those type of things that we just either compost now or before we, were, we would be throwing out in the trash. And actually, it you know just from talking with people and again, doing quick Google searches it, uh, and YouTube videos, which is awesome, by the way, there are a lot of really good creators out there who uh, can really show people like us how to, how to you know, reuse as much as possible. Um, so yeah, so, so trying to think about how to reuse some of those scraps and get seeds from, from those bell peppers and other veggies that, that we would normally compost and seeing if I can grow it in my own home. Um, and again, it's all about trying to be, uh, you know, I'm an engineer, so optimizing problems is what I do for a living and try to maximize efficiency in this case means reusing what we have as much as possible. And it makes perfect sense to me now to try to reuse the seeds and, and see if you can plant them and grow produce in my own home, which helps offset a lot of the, the burden on uh, grocery stores and distribution houses and farmers that because of the pandemic we're in right now, it makes a lot of sense for people like us to try to you know, offset that burden as much as possible. And this is a great way to do it. You know, the other nice thing that having plant life and just other forms of life, it's nice to have life in your home, like the indoor garden, the plants outside that we water and we take care of. It's a good feeling. Even like our, we have some pet fish and, you know, and especially during this pandemic, that's all we have is what's like in your home, you know, and yeah. you, you can't, you can engage with other people virtually, but that's it. So it's, it's the life you have around you. And it's a good feeling that you're taking care of that. Yeah, and, and for us, why we kind of started on this path is it all starts with the soil. Healthy soil uh, is really critical for plants growing, vegetables growing, um, and just, again, an, an all-around positive uh, benefit and positive outlook on things. And, and I think that's, that's very healthy and beneficial. And so, so to that end, you know, we, we talked a little bit about some of the guests that we'd have on our, on our show. And the first one, I think everyone was going to love. He's a, a really good guy. We've gotten to know him over the past few months and we recorded our interview with him a few days ago. Uh, and we're going to cut it in now through the magic of mixing audio. And uh, yeah, so I hope you guys enjoy it. Really excited to have our first guest ever on the podcast, Matt Reisman, owner of Garden uh, in Braintree, Massachusetts proprietor of all things gardening uh, and happy to have him on the show. It's great to be here. So uh, really excited you could join us and I know these are crazy times that we're all having. 
So just kind of curious how things are going and maybe kind of dive into a little bit about your background in gardening and we can take it from there. Absolutely. You know, uh, definitely crazy times right now with everything going on. Um, good time to have a garden going both for your mental, you know, as always good for your mental, uh, physical and emotional well-being. Um, I love my little, you know, I was showing you guys earlier my garden in my basement and, uh, but yeah, so I've been gardening probably, well, basically pretty much my whole life, I guess. When I was a little kid, I was helping or thought I was helping my grandfather, you know, when I was like three. And, you know, as a kid, I always had terrariums and fish tanks going and was planting stuff. So I've always been really passionate about biology. My undergrad was in animal science um, and I was, I was pretty interested in wildlife medicine. And long story short, I wound up going to grad school to get an MBA and a master's in environmental studies. I was really interested in you know, how business can act as a vehicle for sustainability. Um, got uh, heavily involved in the clean tech world and uh, actually started working on a Wi-Fi sprinkler controller, which is really what got me into, you know, ag tech. And in particular, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of technology in commercial large-scale agriculture, but what I found my passion to be was small-scale agriculture, backyard agriculture. You know, I think from the perspective of sustainability, you know, there's a, you know, a phrase that, uh, you know, says think globally, act locally. Well, to me, there's nothing more local than your own home and your yard. Um, so I became really passionate about basically empowering people to grow their own produce and be better stewards of their own environments. Um, and that's, that's become my, my life's passion, I'd say. Um, and uh, when I moved back from Colorado, I wasn't exactly sure what I was going to do. And driving back, I started listening to this podcast on aquaponics and i decided i was like this is amazing you know i'd known about aquaponics but i decided i was like this is the space that i'm really passionate about not just aquaponics but just basically the future of small-scale agriculture and i started garden with that in mind and you know, for the last four years been refining it and building it and i've been lucky enough to meet people like you along the way who share that you know that that passion so yeah that's where i'm at now yeah and, and for those who haven't been uh both Jeremy and I have had the opportunity to go to garden and see just the amount of awesome, cool stuff that there is. And there's always something growing there. You have a lot of gardening beds that we've seen. Some of your tomato competitions are really cool too. So I guess based on your vast experience and knowledge, do you have any recommendations for just novices who are looking to get into gardening and how they can really start to, to grow kind of how you do? For, for sure. Yeah. I'd say, one of the biggest mistakes I'll say is I made myself was going too big too early, you know, planting too many seeds and then having a huge headache that you don't know how to manage and it gets overwhelming. Um, I would suggest start small, start with a plant or two, a smaller garden, you know, wish you had planted more. It's so much better to wish you'd planted more things than to wish you would planted fewer things. And, and more important than anything, surround yourself with other people who, you know, have maybe a little more experience than you and, and always do that. Um, you know, get to know your local garden center, uh, ask their advice, but, you know, start with a plant or two, I'd say, you know, even, you know, even as simple as like, you know, a single tomato plant or eggplant, like something like that, or, you know, a small crop of lettuce. So actually I'm a novice grower myself. Well, I've grown a few plants, but I got it. I'm pretty excited. I ordered some seed. I'm going to be growing. Uh, I picked three. So I'm going to do basil, uh, ghost pepper, and a cherry tomato. And uh, But would you have any recommendations on which vegetables or which uh, plants to start with? Are, are some easier to grow than others? Yeah, absolutely. There definitely 
are, um, I would say make sure whatever you're growing, you know, you can fit into the, the season of where you live. Like, um, remember I kept trying to grow artichokes and I wasn't getting to harvest in time, for instance. Um, they take a while. Uh, but I'd say the most important thing is grow something you're going to eat. Um, like I remember one year, uh, we were at garden, we had like this massive amount of hot peppers cause they're fun to grow and really interesting. But then all of a sudden we're like, does anyone eat hot peppers here? And it was like, I'll, I, I'll eat like one, a, you know, like a jalapeno every week, you know? And we had like hundreds of hot peppers and it was just like, this isn't, this isn't what we want. So I would say, try to, try to focus in on, you know, look at your, you know, what are you buying from the grocery store? Cause I think you'll appreciate that the most. Um, I tend to like, I think lettuce is a great thing or greens in general, um, microgreens in particular, because with microgreens, you know, in 15 days, you'll have something to cut down. And it's, it's, it's fairly, you know, I shouldn't say it's hard, but the longer it takes to get to harvest, the more can go wrong in that time frame. Um, the bigger the plant gets, you know, the more can go wrong. Um, so like I find greens to be a pretty good starting point for people, you know, 50, 60 days, you'll have something done at full grown lettuce. And if you're doing microgreens, it's 15 days. So, you know, starting a tray of microgreens in your window is a great way to start, I'd say. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll definitely be picking up some of those too as soon as I can. Yep, yep. But I like the other selections too. Ghost peppers, that's awesome. Yeah, actually, I'm not going to be growing them outside. I'm going to be growing them inside. I, I don't know if you can see. I do have a tent back there. That oh, yeah, look at that. I nice. Grow, I can grow some plants back there, some food. Um, Excellent. Yeah, I'm, ex I'm just excited. I'm getting more and more into this stuff as we move forward with our, with our business. Man, it's, it's a dangerous addiction, you know. I, I try telling people you start off with like, you know, a couple little plants and then before you know it, if you're like me, you all of a sudden own a hydro, uh, garden hydroponic supply store. So, you know, that's, that's when the addiction's out of control though. So. <laughs> but no, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's the healthiest, you know, it's a great hobby because, you know, literally you can, you know, it, it's, it's something, you know, I'm finding as my, my son gets older too, you know, he's three now and he loves getting in there and it's, it's a great way to teach biology and, know learn that's a, a really good segue into my next question which is you know for all intents and purposes it does feel like a much more healthier way of getting food producing your own food eating your own food you know maybe just talk about some of the things that uh, again novices and maybe even experts too should be aware of as they start to think about supplementing their own food production and produce by growing vegetables at home for sure yeah i would say Think about what you want, you know, A, what you're eating a lot of, you know, what you can use, you know, and, you know, it, it does relate to how much space you have to grow. Like I've, I've had uh, one of my friends, he was growing, you know, trying to grow cantaloupes and he just has like a, an apartment with a, a small patio. And that was, you know, basically that one plant started overgrowing everything else he had. So mm -hmm. it did make a lot of sense to get like a cantaloupe. And the other thing I'd say is think about what what mat like wh where freshness matters the most right so that's another reason why i always suggest like greens are a great thing is because you know the second you start chopping greens like if you grow your own greens your own lettuce your own kale it to me it, it tastes significantly better than anything you'll get at the store um just because of the freshness so i think that's a great place to start um yeah try to try to just place stuff that you find in your fridge is my 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 goal at least do you still buy anything at the grocery store or do you exclusively grow at home now these type of produce? I do, although, you know, it's funny now, uh, I have, you know, I'm, it depends on what's growing right now, but that's actually, you know, that's my goal. I actually, 
want to try to, you know, reduce how much I'm, I'm purchasing at the grocery store and grow as much as I can at home. So um, I definitely don't think I'll be buying greens for a while. I have a pretty stacked, you know, four by eight filled with greens in my basement right now. So that's great. <laughs> um, but yeah, other things I'll be buying for sure. I was wondering if we could uh, talk a little bit more about garden. And as Miller mentioned, the times we've been in there, it's really cool. Everything that you've got going on, and you've got the the fish, and you've got the worms and the composting and everything. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about some of the ways your business is practicing sustainability. For sure, yeah, absolutely. You brought up the worms. I'd say you know we try to produce our own food. We try to focus on you know LEDs and other energy efficient technologies. You know, ultimately, if you're growing your own food, most of our, you know, so much of our agriculture, especially, you know, if you live in like the Northeast, like we do, you know, there, our produce is being shipped from, you know, opposite hemispheres, other parts of the world, really far away, you know, and the carbon footprint is pretty significant on those. Of course, growing indoors, you know, the energy consumption can be pretty high as well. So, you know, do they balance off? So the more energy efficient you can be, the better. Um, obviously, LEDs are phenomenal at that. Um, the other thing to me, like the number one thing I love doing is, is composting with worms. Um, you know, you take what would wind up in a landfill and now you're turning it instead into like really valuable um, inputs for your, your soils. And, and to me, there's nothing better than fresh worm compost. Uh, you know, it's fantastic for your plants. So I, I would say that's my number one passion. If it, you know, I have a, a nice little worm, uh, not too little, but you know, uh, well, a 30 gallon tote of worms in my basement that, wow. that <laughs> I love. And on, honestly, like, Farming worms is as fun as farming uh, fruits and vegetables to me. It's it's super wow. fun, you know. So, what, what do the worms actually do for soil? Is there something they deposit into it that makes it healthier? Sure, you know it's funny. Like uh, the worm compost. Uh, one one thing that's interesting about worms is uh, when you're composting with worms, there's no heat involved, um, so it preserves a lot of the nitrogen because it's not uh, you know a thermal composting process. Mm. It's enzymatic and. Uh, the way I look at it, though is really microbes, even in the worm's guts, and the worms basically are like mechanical separators, realistically. And then there's you know bacteria and fungi and whatnot and other you know microbes that are acting within that worm compost. You know the worms are moving things around, breaking stuff down, and then the microbes are doing doing the rest. And the result of it is just you know just uh, there's so much that worm compost can do. You know between like beneficial microbes, I've actually found, and, and this is anecdotal, so I don't want to call this you know any sort of science, but I take fish water and run it through my worms, and then collect that runoff, and I started feeding my plants. And I saw like really, you know, the plants responded really well, particularly ones that were in older soil. It almost like reinvigorated the soil. Mm. The other thing I saw it do was it seemed to have, and I've seen it on two cases where I saw fungus gnats beforehand and it seems to have eradicated them. My hypothesis is that, you know, there's obviously living things in, in that tea that I'm pouring in there and there's things that are eating the fungus gnat larvae. So, you know, everything from like promoting plant growth, to reducing disease, you know, in the plants, you know, uh, worm casting is to me is, it, are, are magical for plants. So sure, that was probably a long-winded response to your question. I apologize. No, no, that's perfect. No, not that's at all. Information too, yeah. All right, cool. Is uh, the worm composting, is that something that, you know, an average person could probably pick up themselves and, and do at home? They can. Uh, don't get me wrong. I've, I've been, I started doing that about 12 years ago, I'd say. And I screwed up a bunch of times and I felt really bad, you know, where all of a sudden, you know, I would have a bunch of worms doing great and then it wouldn't be doing great and all of a sudden they'd be <laughs> dead. Um, there's certain like things I'd say, you know, stick to a lot of greens, um, minimize citrus fruits, but like literally you can just get a bucket 
get worms with some soil in it and just started adding, you know, leaves, uh, coffee grounds, newspaper. There's all sorts of stuff that they really love, you know, and it'll do real well by them. And once it gets going, it, it just, you know, you can feed them in, you know, keep feeding them. I throw eggshells in there and whatnot. So. Yeah, it's awesome. It's really, yeah, we got to, we got a chance to see it when the last time we were out there and it's just like a, a whole colony of these, these worms doing, doing really good stuff. Yeah. 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 Please. Yeah. Always happy to answer questions about uh, worms and still trying to learn as I go. There's not, I wish there was more information out there on, you know, on uh, worm composting, on vermiculture, but uh, you know, it's, there's a lot of people who know what they're doing, but there doesn't seem to be a ton of information on the internet. There's, there's some, but not as much as I wish there was. Yeah, it's cool. It, it, it's always a, a learning process, right? Like you're far more experienced than us, but you're still learning. And I'm really enjoying the learning process. I was wondering in your store, you also have, you know, you talk about the LED lights and some of the technology you have. Can you talk a little bit about that and like how that can help uh, some of your customers, you know, be more successful in their growing efforts? For sure. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, we, I always try to pair the right stuff with each customer who comes in, you know, within their budget because it can get really expensive, you know, there, and it's not that there's like, you know, some people think, you know, like one led will cost, you know, $200 or a hundred dollars. Another one will cost 1200 and it's not the $1,200 ones a off. It just has functionality that is beyond what, you know, someone might need. Um, so, you know, always try to work within your budget. My suggestion is if you're trying to work on a smaller budget, um, I would say, you know, maybe set, uh, go with a smaller setup rather than just, you know, try to, like, I, I've, I've seen the worst situations when someone ultimately, you know, tries to go cheap and big, um, mm. then they get equipment that might fail them. So, um, yeah. And, and honestly, I wish there was more, you know, it seems like there's a ton of room for technology to be implemented in this space because, you know, there isn't, you know, I, I know, I know, we're, you know, we're in a world where like so much new technology is coming into the world. Um, there's a lot in big ag. It's unbelievable what big ag has as far as technology, but when it comes to backyard gardening, there really isn't much yet. Uh, I think that's going to change in the next decade though. I hope. Well, we wanted to uh, let you talk more about garden. There's so much stuff going on there. Maybe if you can kind of summarize in a couple things, like what, what Garden is all about, the type of products and services you guys are, are really known for. For sure. You know, honestly, like our whole philosophy is education first. So our passion is helping people grow. You know, whatever it is they're trying to grow, our philosophy is grow anything anywhere and grow, grow life where you live. Um, so whatever it is you're trying to grow, whatever your budget is, we're, we're happy to help and talk. That's our true passion. Um, and, and our, our goal is just to guide people through the process and make sure that they're empowered. So, you know, please hit us up with questions. We love talking about gardening and getting people to succeed with it. So, yeah. Do you guys have like a, a Twitter handle or any type of social media that, that you want to let people know about? Yeah. On Instagram, we're garden team. Um, and uh, feel free to email us team T E A M at G A R D dot I N. Um, uh, we love fielding questions. Um, give us a call also. Our number is 781-277-4887. Happy to help people. Uh, love talking gardening. So, yeah. Awesome, Matt. Thank you so much for being our first guest ever. Uh, this is really informative and really helpful and can't wait to see uh, how garden continues to grow. Oh, my pleasure. And uh, same with you guys. Uh, I love what you guys are doing. I'm so excited to see 
you know, the bright future you guys have. So, uh, yeah, I look forward to the next time we talk. Awesome. Thank awesome. You, man. Thanks, man. Take care. Oh, my pleasure. Talk to you guys soon. You too. Bye. Bye. Well, thanks to Matt. Uh, we really appreciated his time and, and really telling us about all the stuff that he's doing at Garden. Again, that's uh, Garden, G-A-R-D-I-N, uh, down in Braintree, Massachusetts. If you have a chance to go out there and, and check out his shop, uh, especially when bands are lifted, uh, you'll, you won't be disappointed. It's a great place. He is doing um, uh, still curbside pickup, I believe. Yes. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think you can buy some things off his website and uh, do curbside pickup at his place. So uh, make sure to do that. Uh, this sort of ends our first episode. and We, we had a blast making it, and, and hopefully you guys enjoyed listening to us. Uh, if you have any questions or feedback for us, feel free to shoot us an email. That's info at takakor.com. Uh, that's uh, T-A-K-K-A-C-O-R.com. And uh, we also have uh, Twitter as well. So feel free to tweet us at Takakor. And uh, I don't know, is there, I think that's pretty much it for Yeah, for yeah, just uh, yeah, another thanks to Matt. That was, it was great to speak with him. And yeah, uh, look forward to hearing from you guys. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Just shoot us a line. We'd love to hear from you. Probably do this in a month again. Maybe. <laughs> depends awesome. on depends on what you guys think. <laughs> depends on uh, whether we get responses to our cold emails. Yes. Which yes. that was a cold LinkedIn. We have had a lot of success with cold communication. Yeah. LinkedIn, emails. Uh, I think I think that speaks to how people like this idea and, and want to be a part of something that contributes back to the planet. Also speaks to our persistence because we get a lot of, you don't hear anything from a lot of, a lot of those. Cool no, sometimes no. You do. it works out sometimes, great. Sometimes you do. Most of the time you don't. There's no, there's no harm in trying. Right. right. Thanks guys. <laughs>